This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want here, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian and Daryl. All right. You can join us on the phones, 1-855-450-3733. Then we're going to start out with a special guest tonight. Uh, his name is Nathan, Go- uh, Nathan Cox, and he is one of the cop blockers from around the country, specifically in the Richmond, Virginia area. Nathan, welcome back to Free Talk Live. Thanks. I appreciate you having me on, Ian and Daryl. Sure. Well, I saw an update uh, from you online today, I think on Facebook, about the police serving you with some papers. And you caught this service on video, and apparently it has something to do with a blog post that you made the other day. So can you take us back to the beginning so our listeners can know what's going on? Yeah, sure. Um, Well, I... uh... I caught wind the other day. Uh, I guess it was uh, the last 24 or 48 hours that um, that there was some information, some internal information uh, coming out of the Richmond Police Department that was being published online. Uh, I don't know if it was a, a advertent or inadvertent leak or, or you know anything about the origin of the information. Uh, and to be quite honest, I haven't even seen the information myself, mm-hmm. but um, a- after uh, this information, or at least part of this information was made public, um, there's a co- um, anarchist collective group in Richmond um, that does a lot of police accountability under the name of Cop Watch, Yep, and they've had quite a few run-ins with the Richmond police in, in the past and have, have, have had some pretty good success getting information from Freedom Information Act requests from the Richmond Police Department, and... Um, so they they uh, posted a blog. I think it was last night, um, releasing the uh, initial information that was leaked, um, or that it had been uploaded online. And uh, basically, all I did under the uh, you know the title of Virginia Cop Block under our website was write a blog about it. I said, hey, this information has come out to the public. Mm-hmm. This is where you can this is where you can find it. And as a result of that, today it transpired that. Um, quite a few uh, plainclothes detectives were trying to track me down, as well as my friend. Uh, her name is Mariah, um, who uh, who wrote the initial blog about it. Um, and they finally they finally called up to me and, and served me this uh, court order slash injunction. Now, I did see the video of this. You took a, a quick video, which is a service that most cell phones can utilize. If you get a smartphone, you can get Quick or Bambuser, or there's a couple others. Uh, but you can install that. It makes it so you can live stream video from your phone. That way, if they capture the phone, then they may not yeah. be able to delete the video. Anyway, I saw that footage, and I paused it at the uh, point where you panned down to rec- sort of record the paper that they handed you. And it didn't seem to say anything about, you know, you couldn't talk about what this was. It Did I, did I misunderstand? Was there more paper behind it? Yeah, yeah there was. There were four pieces of paper, and um, I didn't, I didn't uh, I'm, in fact, I'm, I'm probably going to end up publishing this either tonight or sometime this weekend. Um, but to specifically answer what you're uh, asking about, there's a paragraph in here that says, the matter concerns the protection of certain information defined in the complaint as quote-unquote confidential information. It, it appearing to the court that the requirements for a temporary injunction are met and that it is otherwise right and proper so to do. The court hereby orders that the police department's motion for temporary injunction is granted against defendants Mariah, the Richmond Wingnut Collective, Nathan Cox, and filebin.net, quote-unquote, defendants. 
Um, and it says, and enters a temporary injunction prohibiting defendants from continuing to make the confidential information available to the public and requiring the defendant return to the court any copies of any portion of the confidential information. Now, how are you supposed to know what the confidential information is? That, that, that is a great question. And <laughs> let, me, let me just reiterate that uh, not only have I not seen any of this information, but I didn't upload it, I haven't downloaded it. I, I, you know, I just simply directed people to where they could download it and where they can do it. Okay, so let, let me see if I understand this right. Some form of freedom of information... It was a request. leak. No, I don't think it was okay. freedom of information. It was leaked out, right? Um, from what I understand, yes. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay. So police I, files have been leaked out, allegedly. I, I thought it was, you know, the files were achieved through a freedom of information. No. And then they said, oh, wait a second. No, we don't want anybody to read these things. No, I'm going to guess well, it was anonymous that, uh, that, that did this. But that's just a total shot in the dark. Right. Yeah, I, I really don't know the origin. And, um, and just to kind of play off of what you were just saying a second ago, Daryl, about the FOIA request. This um, anarchist collective group, the Wingnut, they actually filed a FOIA request to the RPD about probably, I don't know, 12 to 18 months ago, and they got a lot of big press out of it because they were able to get a lot of standing opera- uh, standard operating procedures, guidelines, policies, and stuff, and the Richmond Police Department, after they realized who they gave it to, they actually <laughs> filed some sort of court order to try to get it back from them. <laughs> And ever since then, they've been harassing these good people down. I bet they have. Once you get on their uh, their list, they uh, they don't ever really take you off of it. So, exactly. so okay. So just to recap here, you're the primary blogger behind Virginia Cop Block, and the website is virginiacopblock.org. dot org. Yeah. Uh, there's a a post there called Anonymous Leak, Richmond Police Department Internal Information Published Online. You then go on to discuss the RVA Wingnut Group and how they have released this information. You then link to this uh, alleged uh, leak information, which those links have been taken down, uh, so they are no longer active. And one of the questions that I had... Uh, is does anyone know if these links are still available? And uh, and if you knew it, you couldn't post it. Or what exa- How do you interpret the this order? Um, well, uh, let me uh, address your first question. Um, I uh, the information, as as you put it, and uh, as I've heard, um, is no longer available for download. I guess they've somehow shut it down. Um, I know for a fact that a lot of the files, if not all of them, that were because uh, this information, there was thousands of files, thousands mm-hmm. of documents, and I don't even think whoever was uploading it was finished uploading all the stuff. Mm. So um, they've, I guess the cops of it, the feds or whoever have shut down this download link, but I'm confident not only that people were, had already been downloading it, but that it will reappear online eventually. Well, I'm hoping it happens because uh, I would love to uh, assist in whatever way, you know, maybe put out the link to Free Talk Live listeners and have folks you know, download as many copies as possible and, you know, repost them uh, because yeah. they're, they're clearly trying to put a stop to this. And it makes me wonder what it is that they have to hide. Um, so this is, you know, absolutely outrageous. And they're essentially suing you, right? I mean, this is or is that just how an injunction is written? Because it looked like it was state or the uh, the police uh, the Richmond Police versus Nate Cox and and then those other folks. Yeah, um, from what I understand, it, it, this is just some sort of you know uh, order written by a guy in a robe or signed off by a guy in a robe, mm-hmm. um, saying that I'm supposed to stop doing whatever it is I'm allegedly doing. Which, like I've said, 
I mean, a- anybody who's read the blog should know, just based off reading the blog, that I didn't upload anything. I didn't download anything or anything of that matter. I just pointed people in the right direction. So it was quite I- – I had heard from my friend Mariah this morning before I went into work that she was um, that she was at work and that her roommate said that the police were there in full battle rattle. Whoa. Whoa. Six cops trying to serve her the same paperwork that I got. They ended up going to her mother's house. They went. To, they ended up going to friends of hers that she had she hadn't seen in years, uh, and the police did the same thing with me. They went to my mom's house. My mom. My mom wasn't there, but now she's scared. You know, she's scared out of her mind. Sure. And then from there, they went to my grandmother's house, which which is where I am currently residing, along with Meg McLean, who, by the way, tells both of you hi. Hi, And um, and hi, then Meg. from there, and Happy then from birthday. there. <laughs> yeah, and then from there they went up to my my place of employment, and they stuck around in my area for about two hours trying to find me. And after finally get a hold of my attorney, I was trying to figure out if my attorney wanted me to come down to his office to take care of this matter, or, or if that wasn't necessary. He told me that it wasn't necessary. We ended up getting a local reporter who's a self-described libertarian who's covered some of my activism before. His name is Mark Holmberg. He's a stellar journalist. And he actually came and filmed the um, the interaction with these cops as well. Stand by, might- Nate. Can you stick with us here for another segment? Continue this yeah. discussion? All right, more with uh, Nathan Cox. He is uh, one of the guys behind virginiacopblock.org. You can go there and check out what's going on. 855-450-FREE. If you've got a question, feel free. Free Talk Live. Are you a fan of beer, liberty, and good conversation? Do you support freedom, peace, and voluntary interaction? Are you looking to meet others who think like you? Don't wait for your move to the Free State Project to get started when you can do something about it today. This is Amanda Mill, encouraging you to set up a Liberty on the Rocks network near you to begin connecting and informing libertarian thinkers over drinks. Visit www.libertyontherocks.org. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com, and you may enjoy the features that you find there. Uh, We give them away. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their sites. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy. Now, uh, Daryl, you and I both moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Yes, we did. Because... It just makes sense to get together with other people that believe as you do, people that appreciate the ideas of freedom. And not only that, but people who are willing to do something about it, people who are willing to take action. And whatever that means, it could mean doing cop blocking like uh, Nathan Cox is down in Virginia, or it could mean uh, you know running for political office, as you and I just recently did, uh, doing civil disobedience, street theater, creating media as we're doing right now. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways, and there's also behind-the-scenes kind of activism, you know, creating a website or sending a letter to the editor, yeah. uh, things like that. And uh, there's a lot to be done. There's a lot in this movement that's uh, that's going on. You can learn more over at freestateproject.org. Plus, now is the time to get pre-registered for the upcoming Liberty Forum. Daryl, you're pretty brand new to the state. When did you make the move? I moved on April 4th. I arrived in Keene at 2.45 p.m. 
So you were here post the Liberty Forum last yes. year. I have never attended a Liberty Forum. It's a great event. I imagine you've been to like a, a libertarian convention before. I have, and I've been to the Freedom Summit that Ernest Hancock puts on in Phoenix. So I'm guessing it's probably very similar. I've never been to the Freedom Summit. Uh, the Libertarian conventions are much more boring than the Liberty Forum because they all they have all that, uh, you know, the, the arguing over the ands, the ifs, and the Robert buts. Robert Rules says blah blah blah. Yeah, and then cha- you know, changing the party platform and all that. That stuff doesn't happen here. So you you get all the panel discussions. You you get panel discussions, speeches, uh, and lots of great after hours parties and more. It's a great time. Basically, you take over the whole hotel. Not quite, but a lot of the hotel. <laughs> And uh, with a bunch of liberty-minded folks. It's a great time. You can go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to learn more about the event. Some of the speakers have been announced already, including Tom Woods as a keynote speaker uh, and Declan McCullough from CNET. He's doing some great, been doing some great work over the years covering uh, kind of the, the freedom of information. And more than that, though, Jeffrey Tucker, Corey Doctorow, uh, go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. The early bird registration fee under 200 bucks for a weekend-long convention in a hotel. Now, it doesn't include your hotel room. That's the convention fee. And it does include, uh, apparently, the meals. So yes. uh, it's bewilderingly cheap. They like, have a package. If you don't want the meals, really? you can get in for less than $100. That's unbeatable. You, you can't find conventions that are that cheap and have that many cool people around them. Now, Nathan Cox, I feel like you've been to the Liberty Forum in the past. Am I right about that? Actually, I have not. I've only been to uh, Porkfest. Porkfest. Okay, because I know I met you. I didn't. Re- I didn't recall which uh, which event it was. Porkfest is the other Free State Project yearly event. Well, hopefully, if uh, Richmond uh, police haven't put you in jail by the time uh, the the Liberty Forum rolls around, uh, it'd be nice to have you come on up because you guys are doing a lot of good stuff down there in Virginia. Um, and and what we're talking about right now is what happens when you get, uh, you know, when you get into the world of trying to police the police trying to hold them accountable they get your number and your address and your name and you get on a list i mean they they certainly know who you are and they've targeted you now because you've been um you know you've been throwing calling them out on your blog at virginiacoplock.org yeah uh me and a handful of other excellent writers have uh, you're, you're you're exactly right and you know i had a pretty aggressive running with uh a handful of state troopers this past Memorial Day weekend, and um, and I, after getting two or one of the two tickets dismissed, I um, filed a Freedom of Information Act request and got the officer's dashboard camera along with a series of text messages that they were um, sending to each other back and forth throughout the stop and after the stop. And uh, there was a lot of pretty incriminating and damning stuff that I found. Really? Uh, and just in that alone. And the one piece of information that the state police refused to give me was, I believe, probably the most important piece of information, which was I requested to have the information regarding um, any sort of previous history uh, of uh, complaints or behavioral or misconduct problems, and they refused, citing Virginia law, that they did not have to get that information up, which I think is incredible because, I mean, if you've got hothead, aggressive police officers out there that are known to, um, you know, to misbehave, to, to, to have misconduct issues or whatever, that, that's a matter of public safety, and Should people be. ought to know. People ought to know that information. So now they've come after you with an injunction saying you can't be 
uh, posting our information that has leaked out apparently through other channels. You merely linked to it. You didn't post it. You simply posted about it. And uh, and I, you know, I remember there was an issue with uh, our friend Brad Jardis, who's a former cop up here. Uh, he got into a situation at a at a college where he attempted to open carry or was planning on open carrying some oh, firearms. The, uh, Plymouth State. Yeah, and uh, they they got an injunction against him to prevent him from showing up with open carried firearms on the campus. And one of the things the judge ordered was that he post the injunction on freekeen.com. And I said, well, I don't want that on my website, and uh, you know, or I don't want you to post whatever it is he's ordering you to post. So Brad posted it, but I took it down, and uh, they never came after me for that. So I wonder, you know, how much. What kind of teeth does this really have? This uh, this injunction against you? Well, you said how much credibility? No, no what how, kind of, how what much kind of teeth? teeth? Like what? What can they do? Oh, oh, Will they oh, do yeah. something? Like if you send oh. me the links and then I post everything, because then you're not posting it. You're just right, right. spreading yeah, it to well, someone else who posted it. You're exactly right. I mean, my attorney, my attorney is is thrilled about this. My attorney uh, is the same attorney that I used during my. First Amendment case dealing with the VCU police when they illegally pulled me over. This was the one where you got a $10,000 settlement. Yes, which I ended up getting none of that, but that wasn't the point. The point was to hold him accountable. Um, But he's psyched. I mean, this is a clear First Amendment violation. Oh, yeah. He used a reference like, you know, if I was just to post a WikiLink of some WikiLink document, you know, and then this is not the first case of incidents of people getting arrested or injunctions for people posting it. I'm sure you recall Brandon Robb, who is a Marine veteran, who mm-hmm. it might be a slightly different situation, um, but he, you know he simply made posts on his Facebook page about the government and um, and uh, quoting lyrics from songs, and he got kidnapped by the feds and held in a mental institution for about a week or week and a half. Yeah, it was probably yeah, the uh, involuntarily psych evaluation. Yeah, you're exactly right. In Virginia Cop Lock, we were the first local news outlet to break the story, and we were working with his family, and um, they 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 really appreciated all the stuff that we did did with that. So, I mean, we're we're trying to, we're down here trying to hold police accountable. We we certainly could use all the help we can get. Um, and uh, you know, I'm just I'm just taking it one day at a time. I'm, I'm not going to let them intimidate me and silence me. And uh, their guns, their nightsticks, their tasers—they don't scare me. Keep us in the loop, Nate. You're a pretty brave guy because, as you said, there are only a handful of uh, folks that are active in this way uh, down there. And I don't know what your plans are for the future, but certainly uh, we'd love to have you up here. And I appreciate your time tonight. Again, keep us in the loop. Let us know what's going on out there, and if we can help you propagate this uh, news, we certainly will. Will do. I appreciate it. And if the links go back online, I'll let you know. Thanks. Sounds great. All right. Have Nathan a good day. Cox from More coming up. Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society the wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 
joining you in the studio here. It's Ian. And Daryl. Daryl is here courtesy of his website, fpp.cc. But what is that, Daryl? FPP is Free Press Publications. We're an independent alternative news and media company putting out news that sometimes you see in other media, but putting the libertarian twist on it and basically giving you the libertarian solution to statist problems. And you do it in uh, newsprint form and also radio form and web form. Yes. And it's all free, right? Except it's for the all books. Free. You yes. got to pay for the books. You're yeah, there, there are books. Uh, you got to pay for the books. You can. You got a new sub- book coming out too, or a novella. Uh, it is a either a novella novelette? or a novelette, depending on which definition you use for word count. Longer it's, than a short story. Yes. Shorter than a novel. Yes. Uh, right around uh, twelve thousand words, so fifty pages roughly. And what's it called? And when's uh, it coming out? The Diary of Henry Myers. It is a futuristic sort of dystopian future at the collapse of what I call in the book Namsoko, but which is essentially a North American Union. Mm -hmm. And it's set right at the collapse of that. There's a lot of flashbacks to the tyranny that existed before the collapse. You know, a lot of the futuristic novels that deal with tyrannical governments they never actually get to the part where it falls apart so i'm starting where it falls apart and then sort of flashing back to some of the worst sounds pretty cool so people will be able to order this through fpp.cc yes and as of uh i'm hoping to have this out by mid-december okay i'm probably going to set the release date for december 15th Cool, so maybe just in time for uh, the Christmas yeah, holiday. Yeah, just in time for Christmas. Well-timed. Uh, FPP.cc. You've got other cop block news here uh, tonight, and then also more about secession. It's been a hot week for secession. Yeah. I say we keep the conversation going. I've got a piece by the San Francisco Chronicle uh, at sfgate.com called Let Him Go. And I think it's uh, it's great because it really shows how even people on the left – uh, are seeing the value in secession because this this whole secession thing is obviously being perceived as a backlash against Obama, right. and probably rightfully so. Um, that's not the reason why I want to secede. I wanted to secede many years ago, um, but anyway, we can get into secession here. But I figured since we're talking cop block, uh, there's other news, and this is, you know, the, at least with the news with Nate Cox, he didn't get uh, he didn't get arrested today. There's a cop blocker who's been arrested uh, in Minneapolis. That's not good. And in Melissa? this case. Uh, nope. Guy named Paul Leeson spotted a group of Minneapolis police officers. This story, by the way, from Carlos Miller over at photographyisnotacrime.com. So you probably have some idea of why he was arrested already at this point. Uh, but when he spotted a group of Minneapolis police officers making an arrest, he pulled out his camera and started taking photos from a nearby public sidewalk. One of the officers spotted him and ordered him to keep walking. Leeson, who's 23, <laughs> is a member of Coplock. He knew his rights and asserted them, which, as we all know, is the quickest way to land in jail. One officer told him to get the F out of here. Leeson responded by saying, and this probably isn't the best response, F the police, is what he said back to them. Yeah, that's generally never the 
proper thing to say unless someone asks you to name a rap song from the yeah. late 80s, early 90s. But I get it, man. I mean, I get being in a, a heated situation. You're dealing with thug cops, and he, you know, he kept it at their level, which yeah. was to, you know, use profanity because they used it first. Next thing he knew, he was surrounded by three cops who kept calling him faggot. This is how he explained it in an email to Photography is Not a Crime. So here's his excerpt from the email. Quote, I felt as if they were trying to make me fight them. I remained calm, but did my voice in my opinion, excuse me, but did voice my opinion that what they were doing was wrong. I tried to record the conversation when one of them smacked the phone out of my hand. I was then put into a headlock, handcuffed and arrested. My friend tried to calm the officers down, but one of them shoved him into the ditch. The incident took place on October 13th as Leeson participated in an event called Zombie Pub Crawl, which could mean he was inebriated at the time. Uh, Possibly. Yeah. Which meant that that normally is what happens with a pub crawl. Uh, we don't know at what point in the pub crawl uh, this uh, this occurred. Anyway, it meant there was a multitude of other people also standing or strolling on the same sidewalk witnessing the initial arrest. But Leeson was the only one who decided to take pictures. Leeson was charged with... Disorderly conduct. That's right. And spent six hours in jail. During the initial hearing, an officer testified they feared Leeson was going to hit them. The old fearing for their life routine that makes them come across as terrified pansies. The court offered him a plea deal where the disorderly conduct charge would remain on his record in exchange for $350, which he did not accept. Good. So now the case is pending with no definite trial date at this point. They also kept his wallet and other important items. He says in his email, they took my wallet and I never saw it again. It was a weekend wallet with my ID, American Express, debit card, permit to carry card, and $10.53 in cash. The cash and the ID were returned to me when I was released, but never anything else. You know, normally when you get booked into a jail, they hand you a piece of paper which has your items on it that uh, that you had. That's then, always been my understanding is that either you list everything down or yeah. they list everything down. And then you sign uh, th- that they have received these items. And then at the end of your stay at the jail, they uh, sit, you know, are supposed to give you those same items back. Why would they give him his cash and his ID, but not the wallet itself? With the credit card right. and the concealed carry permit. He says, I had extras of the permit to carry my ID already because I figured if something like this happened, I would want spares. They came in handy. I had a friend along who witnessed the whole event. He tried to get the officers to calm down and was pushed into the grass. They also ID'd him. Uh, And then here in this article at photographyisnotacrime.com, they show a bloody palm print of the man that the Minneapolis police were originally arresting when Paul Leeson came along and started taking photos. So we don't know what happened with this other guy at this point. Uh, Why was there a bloody palm print on the side of the police cruiser? Uh, which you know is very visible here. It's a, a dark red print right on the white portion of the black and white uh, cruiser, like on the the back. Yeah, that is very visible. So uh, yes, yeah, so definitely some questionable things going on here. Some terrible police. Uh, well, if anybody badly. has any questions about what the Minneapolis police are capable of doing, just Google or go to YouTube and type in RNC two thousand eight. Was that the beat the crowds? What I thought that was the Democrat. 
convention? Uh, that was the Democrat convention where they had the T-shirts that said, we wake up early to beat the crowd. Yep. Okay, so what happened but in Minneapolis? there were a lot of Stormtrooper-esque things that happened in Minneapolis. Was that the one where they uh, like fired tear gas at a, a crowd of people just for hanging out in a park? They fired tear gas, and then they told people to disperse from the park. Yep. And then came in from all sides so that no one so they could couldn't get leave. out. That's right. I remember that one. There were people on a bridge. They were told get off of the bridge. They're going. It's sick. They're halfway through the bridge. Cops coming from behind. You need to get off the bridge. So they keep walking forward. Yep. Cops coming from the other way. You need to get off the bridge. And then trapped them in and it's arrested crazy. everybody for unlawful assembly. Let's go to the phones. Kenneth's in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Kenneth. You probably know who I am. I, uh, uh, I've been on the BBS a lot and so on and so forth. Called in. I haven't called in a long time. Um, I'm a cannabis patient. Excellent. And I thought I would uh, provide my perspective on Amendment 64. And is this the legalization um, amendment? Well, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, that's the one that was being promoted by regulate marijuana like wine. They're like alcohol. That's what they said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only it wasn't, wasn't like alcohol because nobody tells you you can only have a six-pack in your home. Hang and, on, uh, Kenneth. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. As a medical cannabis patient in Colorado, uh, his thoughts on the decriminal or the legalization of cannabis that is supposedly happening there. We'll get the inside scoop here in moments. And you can take control of the airwaves at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. At freetalklive.com, more coming up. You take control. Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love. But make sure you give five bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want here at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Daryl. Hey, want to tell you about how you can get some Bitcoins. Maybe you've done the research. Maybe you are ready to make the, the plunge or just get your feet wet. Uh, you can go to bitinstant.com to make it happen. They make it easy for you. You can use over a million locations worldwide in over 30 countries uh, where you can literally walk in with cash and then have Bitcoins waiting for you when you get home to your computer or on your smartphone. Uh, in some cases, instantly. In some cases, it may take a, you know, a few minutes. But it's pretty darn uh, good. It's a good system. That's for, quicker than bank transfers. For me, it's, it's, for me it has been instant. Uh, I, I went into a CVS and uh, would put money in there at the MoneyGram phone. And then when I got back to the house, the Bitcoins were already there and, and confirmed. And normally when you do a Bitcoin transaction, it does take several minutes to do the confirmation. So when I say instant, it shows instantly that they're there. But you, know, you have to go through that Bitcoin waiting period where everything gets checked by the network to make sure it was a valid confirmation. Uh, or a valid tr- transaction, but basically, uh, when at least when I've done it with the MoneyGram, it's been instant. I've heard people doing the bank deposits have had to wait sometimes a couple hours, uh, but you know, so it just depends on the method that you use. But there are different ones. You can use uh, online methods, in-person methods to deposit cash and turn them into bitcoins over at 
bitinstant.com. Let's go back to Kenneth. He's in Colorado, and Kenneth, you said you're a medical cannabis patient. Prior to November or the the, the election early this month, you did have a medical uh, program there in Colorado. Now you've got what's being purported as legalization, but you wanted to give us your perspective on it. Yeah, we still have a pair of programs, and I want to apologize in advance if I clear my throat a few times because my throat's kind of giving me trouble right no now. No problem. But, me um, too. Go ahead. Um, basically, uh, well, I want to start out by saying I do kind of resent when people talk about medical cannabis as though it's a sham um, because I'm one of those people who has a real condition and cannabis really treats it. I, just, I suffer from degenerative disc disease, and it gives me... Uh, Headaches that are so bad that basically I'm debilitated completely. Mm. And um, I missed an entire day of work Wednesday because of them. And believe it or not, uh, I was uh, eating cookies all day for medication. And um, it really is my medicine. And when people say, oh, you know, it's just a way for pot smokers. And that's cookies made with can of butter, correct? That's correct. I don't even smoke. Okay. Um, and I never did. Never really liked potheads either, mm-hmm. either. And I know a couple people familiar with the BBS know that. Um, but anyway, um, I'm learning to, to get along with them because naturally they're kind of like Bella Travelers these days. Okay. But anyway, um, the point, uh, and I certainly do support their freedom, and that's part of this. Um, so I've always been covered under what they call the affirmative defense rule, which basically says that. <clears throat> They can, if they catch me with it, they can arrest me and drag me to jail and make me prove that I have a doctor's notice and that I should be having it, uh, whether I'm growing it or whatever. So, um, and the reason why I use the affirmative defense rule is because I don't want to have a certificate, which puts me on a list which they're openly sharing with the DEA. Mm. Okay. Um, so I want to make that really clear what's going on. If people didn't know that. That kind of stuff happens. But anyway, um, what the reason why I'm happy to see it is because I'm not going to be the pure focus of the drug investigations anymore mm-hmm. because, you know, this is the state where they have medical, right? Right. Um, and uh, when, you know, they're all, you know, they're all coming out of the woodwork, as they already were here, of course, all the pot smokers and everything, they were already here. It's just that now it's... Uh, it's not such a taboo anymore. But uh, from that standpoint, I'm happy to see it. But I couldn't vote for it because I'm not for putting an excise tax on it, and I don't know what they're going to use the excise tax for. Mm-hmm. They say the first $40 million is going to go to schools, but I'm not sure that's a good thing, social indoctrination centers. Um, I guess they're supposed to go to capital improvements. I don't know whether that's good or bad. But anyway, that's one thing. And... Furthermore, the amendment requires the legislature to write up all kinds of um, legislation on how it's going to be distributed. Mm, yeah. And I don't know how that legislation is going to turn out. Um, I We might be better off, might have been better off if we'd held out for a better deal. You know, um, that said, or I think it's better than Washington's, and I think it's better because I can grow myself, period. I can grow for myself. Right, I, I knew that the Colorado yeah. amendment was better than the uh, the initiative in Washington. And there's no there's no there's no phony uh, uh, drug DUI thing on it either. Oh, really? Five nanograms okay. per milliliter business. You know, there's patients 
So they're not going to be taking people's blood at uh, roadside stops? Well, well, they still might do it, but oh, it won't geez. be a per se DUI law. I see. What a per se DUI law does is it says if we stick a needle in you and we find five nanograms, that means you are under the influence. Well, there are patients who haven't had cannabis for 24 hours and are not under the influence of cannabis who have yep. over up to like 30 nanograms per milliliter of the metabolites, it's not even THC, it's metabolites, um, in, your, in their system. And uh, so that was one place we benefited. They haven't yet stuck us with that law. Because well, my, when my they understanding, law, you know they're going to use it. My understanding is that Colorado does have some form of DUI for the uh, cannabis. What they have to do is they have to give you a field sobriety test, which is, frankly... My, here's my view of that. I think it's worth getting into, I suppose, if, if we get the time. Sure. Um, they should have something kind of like a Fisher-Price toy in the back of the car. And what they should do is they should pull this thing out, and if you can work the dials and answer the questions satisfactorily, uh, and you've got the coordination necessary to do all the things this thing would, would have you do, then you're capable of driving. It doesn't matter what for. It doesn't matter what you're on, whether it's opioids, or cold medicine, or you're just too old and senile to drive. Mm -hmm. If you can't work the machine, you shouldn't be driving. That's what I think uh, should be used and before we get self-driving cars. Well, the, the current um, roadside Olympic sort of test that they give is oddly similar to the test that they give someone who they suspect of having a concussion. I, I don't really know about that. I've taken the test before. I was accused of drunk driving once. Uh, I've yeah. had the concussion test, and then I watched a video a couple days later of somebody having the field sobriety test. Mm -hmm. I was like, wait a second. That's the same test that I took three days ago. Right. You know, the it, follow it, my finger, feels, the keep your right. balance. What they should most be interested in is whether you're capable of driving. They shouldn't yes. be interested in what chemicals in your blood. Yeah. After all, you know they don't go looking for cough syrup. Sure. You know. Well, and, right. And, and what about you, being? What about driving while tired? What What about when you're sleeping? Cold medication. I was much higher than I remember being on cannabis. Kenneth, thanks for sharing your perspective tonight. I do appreciate hearing from you, and uh, sure. thank you. Eight five five four fifty free. The SACL CAI toll free line. Driving while tired is an incredibly dangerous. Uh, task that's much more dangerous than driving after you know having some herbs yeah oh absolutely in fact uh, there have been multiple multiple studies over time that have shown that cannabis smokers can drive as good as uh, you know non-stoned drivers straight drivers uh, they're as good if not a little bit better if not a little safer in most of the studies that have come out. And it's much safer than driving under the influence of alcohol. Oh, yeah. But they're, they're going to treat it like, you know, you're a menace to society. And that's the Right, because the, the feds have it listed as a Schedule One right. drug, which means that it's the worst of the worst with zero redeeming, uh, medical redeeming qualities. It's ridiculous, of course. I mean, as uh, Kenneth knows, and as many medical cannabis users will testify, this stuff is a miracle drug for them. It you know a lot of people will try various different. It's the only thing that helps with my arthritis. I believe it. Unfortunately, it does not help with my headaches. Mm. It makes those worse. Oh really? Yes. I'm sorry to hear about that. You should try a vaporizer. See if that helps.
probably should because it's different, right? Like uh, if you're in if you're incinerating the cannabis, well, you and get I'm sure different chemicals. Ingesting the way Kenneth said that he only eats the cookies. Yeah, I'm sure if I ate cookies, it would probably have a much better effect than inhaling smoke. Yep, precisely. I mean, now when you do eat it, you're going to get all of the, you know, going to get all the THC that's right. in there and doesn't get incinerated uh, before it reaches your lungs. But at the same time, uh, there's just it's a different effect. Uh, right, the, the body is absorbing it a different way, yeah. uh, and you don't have all the whatever you know carcinogens that might come with the the smoke or whatever nasty ash <laughs> you know, right right all that stuff 855-450-FREE hey, speaking of the uh cannabis laws the new um, washington and colorado situations there's news out of seattle where the seattle, seattle police department has published a how-to guide on how to smoke pot legally this is a new uh, thing i've never heard of before the police department actually giving people advice as to how to avoid getting arrested while being a cannabis user we'll uh, tell you about that and more you can take control and bring up anything you want hour two's next free talk live a science fiction comic adventure from Big Head Press. Quantum Vibe. It's year 2523. There are colonies on Venus, Mars, and Mercury. People travel in bubbles, fly at hyperspeed. With brain implants and artificial gravity. A scientific genius and his clever assistant set out on an adventure through the solar system on a secret mission to find the key to access new frontiers and save liberty. There's a robot girl and zany creatures made with genetically engineered features. And corporate villains crave the opportunity to steal a profit from others' ingenuity. A scientific genius and his clever assistant set out on an adventure through the solar system on a secret mission to find the key to access new frontiers and save liberty. Quantum This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free here, 855-450-FREE is the number, 1-855-450-3733. Join us online at freetalklive.com. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Daryl. And still to come here uh, this evening, Twinkies! Get them now while you still can. Apparently, Daryl's going to give us an update on a classic snack that may be gone for good. Or maybe not. We'll uh, tell you more about it here. 855-450-FREE. And, of course, you can bring up uh, anything that you might like. We had some cop block related stories last hour uh, with uh, one cop blocker in Virginia, Nathan Cox, being uh, threatened by the police through the court system, demanded that he not post information regarding a leak. Uh, there are several leaked files from the Richmond Police Department that could have who knows what kind of damning evidence in them about their behavior. Uh, they're attempting to put the squash on that uh, information from getting out. In addition, a Minneapolis cop locker arrested for photographing an arrest. Disorderly conduct. Yep. And now we got a little bit of good news uh, surrounding the police. This story is from Banoosh.com. Seattle Police Department on Friday published uh, a how-to guide that explains the do's and don'ts of marijuana legalization in the state. And by the way, I believe this was last Friday uh, when they published it. 
written by a former writer for The Stranger, an alternative weekly newspaper in Seattle. Readers might never guess it's an official publication of the police department were it not for the .gov web domain. Despite the unprecedented nature of a mayor city's of a major city's police department releasing such a thing, it went completely under the radar until Thursday when the Associated Press picked it up first. Marijuana what now? Question? Guide to Legal Marijuana Use in Seattle by Jonah Spang- Spangenthal Lee explains how legal weed is going to work in Washington once the law is fully implemented. It says the following, quote, While I-502 has decriminalized marijuana possession in Washington, the new state law does not change federal law, which classifies marijuana as a Schedule One narcotic. All Seattle police officers have taken an oath to uphold not only state law, but federal law as well. However, Seattle PD officers will follow state law and will no longer make arrests for marijuana possession as defined under I-502. It does add that it is now legal for adults over 21 to carry up to one ounce of marijuana, but it's not legal to open a package of marijuana in view of the general public. The guide also says the police will be on the lookout for drugged drivers and they'll be ready to get a court order to have blood drawn. Additionally, simply detecting the smell... Now, this is interesting. We hadn't heard about... I had not yet heard about this provision. Simply detecting the smell of marijuana in a vehicle will no longer be probable cause for a search. So that's a pretty big deal, that one little bit there. Right, because it's now legal to uh, consume... It's supposed. Last I heard, it was legal to consume in private. So I don't know if it's legal to consume it in a car necessarily. Uh, courts have ruled that your automobile is an extension of your home. Okay. So I could see where they could say that you know you can consume it in your car, or other people in the car can consume it. But you as because, the driver cannot. Right, because they've got the DUI that Kenneth in the last hour was talking about, where if you have five nanograms of THC per milliliter yeah. of blood, then you Which is not be, hard to do. Right, that's and, a and very you may small even get, amount. You may even get that much of it, you know, by sitting in a hot box car. I mean, if everybody's, if you've got the windows right. up and people are, you know, chiefing on a, uh, a blunt... And you're sitting in there for a half an hour. There's a good chance that you'll uh, you'll test. I mean, I'm no expert, but I I wouldn't want to put myself in that in that situation. A nanogram is a billionth of a gram. Yeah. Well, we know that after you've smoked cannabis, it stays in your system for a number of weeks, typically, uh, depending on you know various factors, metabolism and your body size and right. that sort of thing. How often you smoked, how much you smoked. Right. But uh, you know, if it's if it's several hours later, you definitely. You can count that you're going to be yeah. you're going to be tripping that that blood test. So that's really disturbing, and it's one of the big problems with this. There's several other problems, like the fact that the government is going to be taxing it at three different levels. Uh, Twenty, I believe it was 25 percent at the growing level, 25 percent at the processing level, and 25 percent at the sales level, plus the 10 percent sales tax that they have as well. So you get all those taxes loaded up. You get the fact that they're going to be deciding who gets to grow, who gets to uh, to sell, and so they'll therefore you're going to have a restricted marketplace. So probably the prices, if they go down a little bit, not going to go down that much due to the government's restrictions. And the black market will still be in play. How much enforcement they'll be doing on the black market level remains to be seen. Uh, but it's it's a big deal, though, that you, they're not going to be able to search your vehicle if they say they you know smell marijuana. That That's something that they'll do frequently is... Well, I smell marijuana in this here car. Going to have to ask you to get out there, son. We're going to search it. Uh, they can't do question. that anymore, so that's a good thing. 
if they smell alcohol, can they search your car? I don't know. That would be a good question for a law enforcement officer, and it may be different uh, in different states. True. I'm just thinking that you know they are probably treating, for certain legal purposes, they're treating marijuana a lot like alcohol. Uh, if you are a law enforcement officer and you can answer that question, by all means, feel free at 855-450-FREE. That's toll-free. Brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-855-450-3733. The department's guide also says it will not assist federal authorities in any crackdowns on individuals or businesses that are obeying state law, which is a pretty big deal. I mean, they're specifically claiming in their own department departmental uh, document here that they're not going to assist the feds in busting a legitimate storefront operation so that's a good that's a good thing uh the guide answers burning questions including whether you can smoke pot outside at a park or magic show after december 6th the department says you risk a ticket but not a rest the department's post has been viewed more than 120,000 times since it was published last friday days after washington voters approved legalizing recreational pot use SPD seized uh, one of the questions they ask. SPD seized a bunch of my marijuana before I five hundred two passed. Can I have it back? Answer: No. There's still more questions because it's so new," said Sergeant Sean Whitcomb, a police spokesman, noting the state says it's legal, the federal law says it's not. He says you probably shouldn't you probably shouldn't bring pot with you to the federal courthouse or any other federal property, according to the police document. And that's just common sense. Don't right. take your weed to the courthouse. This is great news. I mean, the the program has its faults, but unlike Kenneth, I have to say I would have voted for it. He said that, and he did, he did say the Colorado measure was better than the Washington right. measure. And he the said DUI. that he would not. He did not vote for the Colorado measure. That's right. What What would you do, Daryl? Because I I would vote for it. I mean, they they're faulty, but. It's better than the the prohibition. I put out a voter guide just a couple of days before the election, and I supported Amendment 64 in Colorado, and I opposed 502 in Washington. Really? And the reason that I opposed 502 was two reasons. The DUI Mm -hmm. and the you can't grow your own. Oh, yeah, because their growing's limited. It's a good point, but oh man, that's a tough call because you know what if it doesn't come back around again? Right. Know? I mean, but, how- but I also did say that these are starting points. Yeah. So if somebody voted for five hundred two, I wasn't going to say, "Oh, you're not a real libertarian because you voted yeah. for this horrible regulation." It's a starting point. So you know, even in Colorado, where it's not the best bill ever, it's a starting point. Although I can't really think of any regulation that, once it's been put in place, has been repealed or pushed back. Mm -hmm. But at least it's a starting point. 855-450-FREE. Would you have voted on this? What are your thoughts on it, especially if you're in Washington, Colorado? How did you feel, and how do you feel about this? one 450 3733 That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. And, uh, you know, since we're talking about cannabis, Twinkies, I think, good follow-up uh, subject. Some people are, you know, they get the munchies. I, I've never really gotten them. I don't, I don't recall, at least, having that be uh, one of the effects of cannabis for me. But apparently, if you don't have your Twinkies now, you better get them while you still can. 
Uh, as I understand it, uh, one of the guys here locally tried to go and find some in town, and it was very difficult. Yeah. So uh, the, apparently they're going to stop manufacturing or have already stopped. 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number. And, Daryl, you've got the story. So I we'll do. get to that here in moments. And take your calls about whatever's on your mind. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Take control of these airwaves toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online. Head over to freetalklive.com. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Daryl. Don't forget, uh, you can support the show. There are a few different ways you can do that. One of them is by becoming a Free Talk Live amp, or rather, Free Talk Live amplifier. You can go to amp.freetalklive.com to do it. Amp stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And it's a simple process. You sign up with any major credit card through PayPal or use Visa or MasterCard right through our website. And we will take your 5 bucks a month and invest it into Free Talk Live, getting on more stations, bringing more listeners on board, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com and you can learn about the perks that you'll get access to as well with the AMP program, which include the AMP Only podcast, the AMP Only uh, forum, and the AMP Only uh, there's more. <laughs> the ample Call in lines. Call in lines. Thank you for that. Uh, 855-450-FREE. Let's continue here. Uh, we'll, of course, take your calls about anything that you want. But, Daryl, you're going to tell us about Twinkies. Yes. Specifically, Hostess Brands, correct? Or Hostess, uh, yes. uh, Hostess, Hostess Company. Hostess is the company that owns Twinkies, Wonder Bread. They put out Ding Dongs. Mm. And apparently... Do they make anything they with no any more. nutritional value? Bread. Nah, Wonder Bread isn't really, as I understand it, uh, really valuable nutritionally. Yeah, I, it's like I'm, I'm not really puffed sure. air, basically. <laughs> uh, but I don't really know. Right. Well, the article, uh, one of two, there's two articles, but I'm going to read the one from Silver Underground. Okay. And they the Silver Circle cite, movie. Yes. Uh, they cite an article from Huffington Post, and the Huffington Post article says that. Hostess was in some financial troubles because people were turning away from the Twinkies and the Ding Dongs for healthier snacks. Mm -hmm. So they had financial problems anyway, but they basically got killed because of a union dispute. Hmm. So I'll, I'll read the article here. It says, we are living through the second Great Depression. During times of significant economic downturn, companies have to reduce their costs. Hold on a second. Do you really, do you think that's exaggerating? To call this a Great Depression? Well, uh, it's been a recession since 2001. That right. Never recession, really okay. came out of. So I I'll could go with see, you with recession. I, I could see how someone could say it's a depression. To call it the second Great right. Depression, uh, 
people aren't exactly standing in bread lines or starving or, you know. Well, people don't have to stand in bread lines anymore, Ian, because they get the food stamps. And food stamps are much better. I, I actually had this conversation with some occupiers mm-hmm. talking about private charity versus the forced charity of government. Right. And they were trying to say, oh, so you think bread lines are better than giving people EBT cards? <laughs> I'm like, I just think that charity works better when it's voluntary. Yeah. So uh, let, let me just skip okay. the first sentence. It seems um, like a little a little hyperbolic. Right. During times of significant economic downturn, I'm sure you could agree with sure. that. Companies have to reduce their cost in order to make yep. up for lost revenues due to declining sales. Companies in trouble due to market-wide phenomena tend to be able to renegotiate deals on most of their cost, but labor is one of the most challenging. Labor unions rarely want to give ground, but sometimes will when there's a realization that the company can't survive without pay or benefit cuts. In the case of Hostess, the company lost significant market share and needed to trim costs to survive. According to Huffington Post, executives agreed to drop their salaries to $1 until conditions changed. Wow. Yeah, $1. That's huge. These are the executives. We'll $1 until things change. You know, corporate uh, executives get a real bad name in a lot of cases for taking a big paycheck. This is huge. I mean, for for anybody to say, I'm going to take a $1 paycheck until the point at which we've turned this company around is, that's really incredible. And the Teamsters actually agreed to significant but necessary pay cuts for 18,000 workers, agreeing that Mm. survival of the company depended on reduced cost. However, another union representing the company's bakers, this being the Bakery, Confectionery, Tobacco Workers, and Grain Millers International Union. So... The bakers are having an issue. They didn't want to negotiate appropriately. Yes. But how many bakers do these guys have? 5,000. Wow. So well, What the, were the other people doing? Are they just packing boxes? That uh, kind of thing? I'm guessing the driving trucks were probably the truck drivers, the mm-hmm. packers, and other sort of general labor wow. sort of things. So the Baker's Union decided to play chicken with the company and ordered a strike despite the Twinkie provider's critical state. Due to an unwillingness to compromise, 5,000 workers took down the iconic brand. Wow. Will it be back? Well, let's look at the hostess situation and examine the lessons it will leave behind. Good question. And then it says dealing with crisis, General Motors versus hostess. Contract renegotiation is a crucial step for business to take when the economy contracts. Mm -hmm. In a basic sense, businesses only work when revenues exceed cost. This can only occur when a complex web of contracts are set at the optimal levels. If one set of costs rises too quickly, any company will fail. When revenues drop too sharply, cost must drop or the brand will die. Right. In the case of General Motors, the net of all of its contracts are a losing proposition. When the government chose to bail it out, it essentially allowed the company to to continue continue making the same mistakes. It's a lot like if a person were to put his or her hand on a hot stove rather than immediately pulling it away upon feeling pain, said individual 
the said individual decided to self-medicate the pain with drugs in order to continue right, to, to deal with hold the foolish on the activity. Yeah. Eventually, the fingers will melt off. It changes. If, <laughs> the fingers will melt off if changes are not made. GM is currently mm. surviving on bailouts, but will so it these... last when the government can no longer afford to jump in for last-minute rescues? You know, I think that it's legitimate to some extent when the anti-corporate folks, and I'm no fan of corporations, I think they're basically government constructs designed to protect the the wealthy from liability for their actions. And I think that the uh, critic the critics have something when they're when they point out that look at all these you know hot shots in the corporate world what do they really do right. and look at all the money that they make these CEOs and and those folks but it's the greedy bakers in this case that uh, yes. that killed the golden goose i mean they could have taken a cut in pay just like the teamsters did and they could have kept their jobs and now what do they yeah. have now there's what 24,000 people roughly that are out of work right congratulations 5, guys people right yeah, so the article nice says Hostess is exercising its only option. The company's bakers will not agree to reduced wages, so the business model no longer works. The Shut best, it down. The best solution for society at large is for Hostess to release those bakers to go work at a company that will pay them the wages that they want. Also, Hostess will now free Good up luck. its assets for other more efficient companies to use. And then there's... Another paragraph yeah. and a half that those, we'll get to. I want to get to that, time. yeah, because those 5,000 bakers, I don't think all 5,000 of them are going to get absorbed by baking jobs. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's a lot of baking talent pouring into uh, the marketplace. 1-855-450-FREE. They just cut themselves out of a job. What are your thoughts? It's Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio, podcast, satellite, webcam, and our live streams. But did you know you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere? Add this number to your phone, 213-493-0308. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Listen Lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 213-493-0308. That's 213-493-0308. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 855-450-FREE. Especially if you have comments on the hostess shutdown uh, that is imminent, happening as we speak. Uh, They're heading to liquidation of all their assets in the United States. I don't know if your article over at Silver Underground covers this, Daryl, but apparently hostess will be continuing operation in Canada. Oh, but anyway, you're sharing with us something from was it HuffPo or no? This was Silver uh, Underground. This is Sorry. from Silver Underground, which is the blog for the Silver Circle movie, and, and they're kind of analyzing what's uh, what's going on here, which is essentially that the bakery, confectionery, tobacco workers, and grain millers international union, also known as the BCTWGMIU, will uh, say that five times fast is going to essentially they're not coming to an agreement with the 82 year old industrial baker and therefore they're screwed they've got to shut yeah. down okay. so everybody's out of a job now yes all eighteen thousand five hundred employees out of work because these people in this ba- in this baker's union thousand nine hundred teamsters plus five thousand bakers wow 
So the article from Silver Underground says, Hostess will now free up its assets for more efficient companies to use. Meanwhile, iconic brands under the Hostess banner will be picked up by other companies and mm-hmm. put back on the shelves. Twinkies will be back in time. The real tragedy here, though, are the job losses felt by the 18,000 Teamsters who did agree to pay cuts in order to save the company. Right. Arguably, if the bakers had also agreed to cuts, Hostess would still be here. People are too quick to blame big business for every ill. Executives running companies are charged with the difficult job of weighing everyone's interest and making a profit at the end of the day so that the company yeah, don't can make a profit, survive. <laughs> right, you don't get to pay your employees. Sometimes people are not willing to work for the amount of money that the company is able to pay. In that case, companies go under. Not because of the greed of the rich, but because of the harsh, cold reality of math. Well, I think this is uh, this is a story about greed. It's a story about the greed of the bakers, uh, the people in the bakers' union. Right. And the irony of all of this is but that most people, when they think of businesses and greed, they think of the, the bosses. greedy bosses who, in this case, actually agreed to take $1 a year salaries until... Incredible. Until the situation was resolved. So the irony of all this is that I got I have no objection to the idea of a union. Like if people feel feel as though they're being oppressed at a work pre- workplace, or they want better conditions, and they realize that they have a better By bargaining all means, unionized. Right, you realize you have a better bargaining posture when you're together negotiating rather than separately. That makes total sense, but. Greed is a nasty thing, yes. and greed can you know can infect anybody. Anybody who has power is likely to also suffer from greed, and so I get it. And many of the complaints are valid about you know these big corporate bosses and how greedy they are. Totally valid, but so are the people in some of these unions. Yes. I'm not saying everybody in a union is greedy, but these people in the Baker's Union absolutely were. They put their feet down and said, no, we're not going to accept a pay cut, and they lost their jobs as a result of it. What and a... not only did they lose their jobs, they caused 18,900 other people yeah. to lose theirs. Not to mention how many people that aren't in a union that work for Hostess. Because you know there's got to be somebody that's not in a union oh, yeah, like that a, works for hostess. Sure, uh, office staff or... Uh, Janitors, dis- maybe. How about the distributors that uh, pick up hostess products? I mean, yeah. those, those people don't count in this, right? So if you are running a, a vending machine company or something like that, right. it's not like you can't find another product, but all of a sudden you're out a handful of your uh, your products. you right. got to scramble. you got to find new products. So this is affecting more than just the, the hostess company. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's, it's really sad. And then, uh, this article from Huffington post, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Just one thing that I thought was really interesting. It says a spokeswoman for the Baker's union whose website crashed after the news of the liquidation (laughs) broke told HuffPo that the union is not commenting to the press. Yeah. What are you going to say? I'm proud of this. Last week, the union called the strike quote, an inspiring display of courage and conviction. Oh, man. And after Hostess issued an ultimatum on Thursday, the union released a statement attributing the company's woes to mismanagement rather than the workforce. And the statement reads in part, quote, the crisis facing Hostess brands is the result of nearly a decade of financial and operational mismanagement that resulted in two bankruptcies 
mountains of debt, declining sales, and lost market share. I don't doubt it. I, I don't doubt that claim at all. And, and they were in bankruptcy court, and that's right. what where this uh, motion to liquidate basically has been filed. The union also said the Wall Street investors who took over the company after the last bankruptcy attempted to resolve the mess by attacking the company's most valuable assets, the workers. Mm. So the union is basically blaming management, who all of the executives said that we will take one dollar right. pretty clear that yeah yeah it's it, pretty clear that they were not being greedy in this instance now that doesn't mean that they're wrong uh that doesn't mean the union is wrong in its accusations that it was mismanagement that killed the business right. that's probably all very true uh mismanagement plus the changing of the times and of course typically big corporations can't change nimble you know they're not nimble enough to right. be able to keep up with what people want and then you know that's why Woolworths goes out of business and that's why you know all the big Borders. companies go out of business over over time um, but you know looking at just in this one instance these people basically decided they were going to punish all the workers right. for the mismanagement of the uh you know the the bosses y'all could have left anytime you wanted to i mean if it was that bad if working at hostess was that bad of a situation you could have left any old time you wanted to but now you forced the issue on everybody else who was willing to continue on at a reduced rate shame on those people man and i i know from situations that i've been involved in not in union situations, but to where I worked for a company and they reorganized and then they said, we're taking away 2%. You know, everybody gets an across the board 2% pay cut. Then after they came back from bankruptcy, they gave everybody, you know, like a minor pay increase. And then, you know, of course you get like your 1% a year or something. So the way that I know unions work, generally they want at least 3% a year of an increase. Mm. So let's just say that Hostess said, hey, you know what? We've been giving you guys these 3% raises for the past 10 years. Yeah. How about like a 3% pay cut? Mm -hmm. So basically, let's take away your last pay raise. Right. You're still doing better off than you were 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And you still have a job. And more you still importantly. have a job, but because oh, you know, we're just going to knock it down to what you were making a year ago. And with, now with unions, they're yeah. always you know it's more, 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 never enough. A, a certain amount over what minimum wage is, mm -hmm. and minimum wage has gone up a couple of dollars yep. over the past ten years. So they got so concomitant making, raises. You know, much more than they were ten years ago. So not yeah, never enough. Yeah, that's a hallmark of greed, right? Greed that it's unions. never enough. One eight five five four fifty free the SACL CAI toll free line. Uh, so Canada hostess continuing. Uh, the breakup of hostess is going to result in, as you mentioned, the assets being auctioned off to the highest bidder. So which company will end up with uh, which brands remains to be seen. Nabisco. Uh, certainly a possibility. Uh, is Nabisco? That's uh, Nabisco is a, a Philip Morris brand, correct? Uh, I think they are now owned by the tobacco people. Yes, I believe that's the case. Also, uh, there's there's some other big biggies out there that could certainly snatch these up. Uh, so that you know that'll kind of be interesting to watch. And uh, 
you're certainly welcome to share your thought thoughts with us here at eight five five four fifty free. But it's a sad day, man. I mean, because they totally Twinkie the kid is dead. They totally did the wrong thing. Now that's beyond my time, uh, Daryl. I don't recall that that character. Twinkie the kid. He's the little Twinkie guy on the boxes. Do they have commercials with him in in it? They did when I was a child. Really? I don't recall it. Was Twinkie the kid? He's a little Twinkie. Where's huh. the bandana? Yeah, I never really was into Dressed Twinkies. Dressed up like a cowboy. It didn't even it's really Twinkie the kid. It didn't even really enter my world. 855-450-free. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. But you should probably go and try to snatch these up uh, before the prices go up as uh, collectibles. More yeah. coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Sell them on the black market. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything that you want. Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Daryl. 1-855-450-3733. Hey, have you ever wanted to take a complaint to trial but didn't want to spend the money on an attorney? <laughs> That's how I am. I can't, can't justify spending that kind of money on an attorney. Don't really have it to spend either. I bet you don't too. Uh, if you do have a little bit though, you can pick up something that can really help you out. It's howtowinincourt.com, and it is the solution. It's the course for people like you who don't have or don't want an attorney. It teaches you the court's rules, which, of course, until you know those rules, you just might as well be fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs and defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. And it's new and improved, formerly known as jurisdictionary. Howtowinincourt.com is written so the average eighth grader can learn it over a weekend. And they've got a brand new website with all kinds of free tools. Go there, use their free tools, and buy the course. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney. So go to howtowinincourt.com and get the information that you need there. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. We've been talking about the Hostess uh, company shutting their doors. If you go to hostessbrands.com, they have a notice there uh, where they announce that uh, they're closed. And they are winding down their company, uh, seeking permission from U.S. Bankruptcy Court to sell its assets, including its iconic brands and facilities. Bakery operations have been suspended at all plants. Delivery of products will continue, and Hostess Brands retail stores will remain open for several days in order to sell already baked products. So it's, it's closeout time for Hostess products, although that doesn't mean the prices will be going down. Nope. I've actually heard people say that they are stocking up on Twinkies to sell them on eBay. I think it's a smart idea. And, you know, the, the one of the question marks here is how long before these brands are auctioned, how long before another uh, company picks up the assets and begins manufacturing on their on these products because knowing how slowly government operates right. on allowing people to sell things during bankruptcy i will postulate that it will be at least three years you think so before another company begins actually mm. selling twinkies 
Interesting. Yeah, see, I don't know how long these things uh, take. I mean, I agree with you. Court court decisions certainly take a long time, and I guess we'll find out over time who it is that snatches it up. If they do, presumably they will. I mean, Twinkie's right. a brand. Here's the reason that brand. I say that it's going to take so long is because just let, let's say that the first thing they sell off is all of the equipment. Mm-hmm. Well, if the company that purchases the equipment is not the company that winds up purchasing the rights to make Twinkies, mm-hmm. then they must acquire equipment, figure out how to get the cream inside of the little donut <laughs> thing. And then, you know, it takes a while for production. You know, you can't yeah. just say, oh, yeah, ramp it I'm up. buying it today and I'm going to have them on the shelves tomorrow. You know, it takes several months. You got to make sure the formula's right and that you're, yeah. you tweak the equipment correctly and that your employees are trained. And yeah. And, and, then, and, then, and then they have to renegotiate all the agreements, too, I, I would presume, yeah. because they're shutting down. So. Hostess probably has middlemen, distributors, warehouses, things like right. that, uh, that have agreements with Hostess, but they don't have agreements with, let's say, Hershey's, you know, gets it. Right. They don't have an agreement with Hershey's, so Hershey's going to have to... Now, they'll probably get the list of who they had agreements with. Right. Uh, they'll probably get that information. Well, Hershey they, already has their list of distributors, and I'm no, no, sure no, that still, there's going there's, to be a lot of overlap of distributors. Maybe so, but there's there's some negotiations right. that are going to have to go on there yeah, as there, well. Yeah, there's certainly negotiations, and then... Uh, you said that Hostess Canada will still be making snacks? Uh, as I understand it, that story from theglobeandmail.com. Where so importing food from Canada, the hat of America, that uh, may pass muster under NAFTA, but I'm not really sure. Surely you'll be able to get on and order uh, imported Twinkies if, you know, and that's probably one of the things that's going to keep the price down of anybody that's selling these on eBay is that they will still be available across the border. Right. And uh, and I wonder if there's a Mexican hostess as well. I, I don't know about that, but they do mention that the Canadian one here, I'm trying to get a little bit of information, Saputo Incorporated is the country's largest snack cake maker and George Weston Limited already owns the rights to some hostess brands. Uh, Weston's senior vice president of investor relations said the company's not interested in any hostess assets that might come up for sale, but Weston is keen on continued investment in and marketing of Wonder Bread, for which it owns the Canadian rights that are not affected by the events south of the border. It doesn't mention Twinkies, though. So maybe I just, uh, maybe I missed that information here, but. Saputo, whose snack cake brands include Joe's, Lewis, and May West, has been steadily building a presence in the United States. I don't know. Maybe there won't be Canadian Twinkies. I'm, I'm a little bit unclear on that. If you're in Canada and you can uh, clear us up on that uh, misinformation, uh, feel free at 855-450-FREE. But uh, as of right now, people are stocking up on Twinkies, either for their personal uh, satisfaction or to with the idea of selling them at perhaps two to three to, I don't know, the question, the good question will be, what will people be willing to pay for uh, a package of Twinkies if they're not being manufactured anymore? I don't even know how much a regular package of Twinkies costs right now. Me neither. I'd imagine it's probably a buck, but so I don't know. So I, I would guess, based on my knowledge of black market... Technically not the black market. I, I called it that earlier, but it's, Twinkies could sell for as high as four dollars a pack. It's more like the the secondhand market or, or resale market. I don't I don't know exactly what you would call that. But back to their press release here uh, from HostessBrands.com. The wind down means the closure of thirty three bakeries. 
565 distribution centers, approximately 5,500 delivery routes, and 570 bakery outlet stores throughout the United States. Bakery outlet stores. You never seen one of those before? Is that sort of like, I, I've seen, you know, like, I've never been to an Apple store, but I know that there is such a thing. Is that basically the same thing? Like, There's a baker. There's uh, a hostess store. There's a baker, and I forget which brand it is, but one of the brands is based in, uh, well, not based, but one of their manufacturers is in the Bradenton, Florida area where I grew up. Pepperidge uh, Farms? I, I grew up in uh, Sarasota, but it was close enough. I've certainly seen it. I don't recall. No, it wasn't Pepperidge Farms. It okay. Was, Something else. They make a bunch. I just of, remember the Pepperidge Farm store in the shopping mall when I was a kid. No, well, the, the outlet centers are typically at the factories, which is or no, why it was uh, Hickory Farms, I believe, which is close. No, to, wasn't that me either? Pepperidge Farm for some I, I, I can't remember the brand name, but uh, in this case, uh, the outlet store that they had was right there on the factory property. Okay, so you know, second seconds, you know, products with a little bit of right. dings, those sorts of things would be sold there. But this said there were, what, 500 and something but outlet we'll, stores? 565 distribution centers will be closed and 570 bakery outlet stores. So I suspect that 565 of the 570 bakery outlet stores are at the distribution centers okay. and or at the bakeries themselves. Okay. Yeah, because I was trying to do math of 36 bakery facilities, 500 and something outlets so not all of them could be at a bakery but yeah i guess some are at the distribution center the company said its debtor in possession lenders have agreed to allow it to continue to have access to the 75 million financing facility put in place at the start of the bankruptcy cases to fund the sale and the wind down process their motion asks the court for authority to continue to pay employees whose services are required during the wind down period so apparently they have to ask permission to even pay what employees will remain. They're going to give most of them the axe, but they've got to keep a, a couple of managers on here right, and there, a couple right. of staff to make sure the doors are locked up and uh, everything's taken care of. So there you go. 855-450-FREE. Another, uh, another American icon gone. This time not entirely due to the bad economy, but more so to the poor negotiating tactics and stonewalling of this Baker's Union. Shame on them. And I'm still trying to figure out how tobacco workers fit in with bakers, confectioners, <laughs> and grain millers. Yeah, if you can explain that one, 855-450-FREE. Still to come here tonight, uh, plenty of, of course, time for your calls, your thoughts. And on the way, uh, Daryl, I know you had something about an Obamacare surcharge. We can talk about that, but also secession still in the news. People are talking about it, and it looks like it's popular on both sides of the aisle. Yes. We'll share an editorial uh, an editorial from the San Francisco Chronicle that will reveal that 855-450-FREE allows you to take control. Also, if you're tired of general preparedness and survival advice with no reason or context behind it and uh, sick of the uh, single-scenario focus of survivalist TV shows, uh, you can check out strategicsurvival.com and order Strategic Survival. It's a, it's a great book which will show you some really useful ways and affordable ways, simple action that you can use to prepare and turn fear and worry into confidence and peace. The book is chock full of knowledge, various different scenarios, recommendations. It'll help you understand what might happen how it might affect you and those you care about, and what you can do about it. Go to strategicsurvival.com and check it out. Uh, It's available in various formats. strategicsurvival.com. There's more coming up here. Hour 3 is next. You take control. Free Talk Live. 
Be honest. Will owning a bigger TV help you get ahead in life? Will another pair of shoes make you a better person? Probably not. But what if you could speak another language? If acquiring a new language excites you more than acquiring more stuff, then wait till you hear this. As part of its biggest language learning event in history, Rosetta Stone is giving away demos of its powerful language learning software absolutely free. For your free demo, call 1-800-335-1958. And Rosetta Stone has made language learning more convenient than ever. Learn on your computer or iPad, then practice on the go with your smartphone or MP3 player without ever opening a book or memorizing boring vocabulary again. Do you want more stuff or do you want a language that will last a lifetime? After all, it's all about priorities. To try a free demo of this powerful language learning software, call 1-800-335-1958. Again, get your free demo now. 1-800-335-1958. That's 1-800-335-1958. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything that you want here toll-free at 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch into the third hour of the program. You're welcome to comment on anything you want. Legalization of cannabis, we've had that on the table. Cop Block, we talked about that earlier with Nathan Cox from VirginiaCopBlock.org. And the death of Hostess. Many are in mourning tonight. Across the country. And many people are making a lot of money. Well, they're making some money, that's for sure. And some people are losing a bunch of money in order to, uh, they're trading quite a bit of uh, their money in order to hang on to some of these snack cakes, uh, like the Hostess uh, Twinkies, which of course probably their most popular brand, uh, Wonder Bread. I wonder if Wonder Bread's being sold as well. We, we're looking at the prices uh, bread of Twinkies. Bread doesn't really store doesn't that stay. well. Yeah, that's a good point. Whereas Twinkies are supposedly one of two things that will survive a nuclear holocaust. nuclear holocaust. The other thing is a cockroach, and from what I hear, cockroaches don't taste as good. Good point. Uh, they, by the way, are shutting down 33 bakeries, 565 distribution centers, 5,500 delivery routes, and 570 bakery outlet stores, including... Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people are losing their jobs. Something like, uh, there's two different numbers. Uh, you had said uh, that, Daryl, you had said there were 18,900 Teamsters plus 5,000 Bakers. This is saying, I think you might have gotten bad information because uh, in a different news article it said 18,500 total. Uh, and here in their actual release from HostessBrands.com, the entire workforce is 18,500. Okay, so probably so about five thousand of those. Somebody were did bakers. some bad math. Anyway, it's according to the uh, hostessbrands.com. dot com. But here's an interesting piece from, and I know we can, we're going to talk about secession here, but I pulled this up during the news break, and because we were talking about folks selling these things off on eBay, yes, and I found over at uh, Mandrick's profile on Facebook who's, of course, famous for his baklava that he yes, sells he online uh, at mandrick.com. and his bacon weave. He doesn't sell that online, though. You can only get the baklava online. Right. Uh, Super Value Incorporated, the third largest U.S. grocery store chain, said it's seeing a jump in sales of Hostess Brands Incorporated items as the bankrupt maker of Twinkies and Wonder Bread liquidates and fires workers. They're saying we're definitely seeing an increase in customers purchasing Hostess products and expect this will continue as news about the company spreads, according to the spokesperson uh, for Super Value which Hostess delivers its food directly to the stores, so there's no inventory in Super Value warehouses, he said. We'll only have the products while supplies last. 
He says all the company's banners, which include Jewel Osco, Albertsons, and Shoppers, carry Hostess items. I think that's also Shaw's as well. Uh, super value, according to them, blah, blah, blah. Twinkies are also listed for sale on eBay, where a 10-pack is currently selling for twenty four ninety nine. However, four other 10-packs are listed for ninety nine ninety nine. Now, that's the listing price. Right. But I did see one that is currently in bid at this moment. There are 23 bids, and it's currently bid up to 15 bucks. So they have allegedly been selling for as high as 30 bucks. And I pulled up an article from a talk radio station in, I think you said Tulsa? KRMG Tulsa. KRMG, where they basically, they're running a poll, but it's not actually in poll form, where they have an article, and it says that, they pulled up a listing on eBay where one auctioneer was listing a 12-count box of Zingers for fifty nine ninety nine, mm. And then they asked the question, if the treats get really scarce, would you be willing to pay $5 for a single Twinkie? And are they getting answers? Uh, right now, there's one comment that says, no, thank you. I'm going to wait until Hostess slash Wonder Bread starts up another bigger, better company and then buy big boxes of their new products, kicking butt and taking names, Hostess. Go on out. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry Wait I a asked. while for the dust to settle, then come back and bring us those fabulous treats one more time. <laughs> Go, Hostess. <laughs> I'm sorry I asked about the comments. That was the one comment. As is typical, uh, internet commenters, uh, not At really any. At 1.27 p.m. They have no clue what they're talking about. Uh, Hostess is not coming back. Period. No. <laughs> uh, at least the hostess you know of today, there may be some company that purchases that brand name and you may see the name hostess come back. Kind of like you Atari. You will see the name Twinkie. Yeah. Just because that is something that is copyrighted and... Well, so is hostess, right? Uh, it's a trademark. Right, but hostess is the name of the company. Right. So it'd be sort of like somebody building a car... And then saying, you know what? I'm going to call this thing the Tucker Tornado. It's possible, though. Like, somebody could buy the Hostess brand. Theoretically, the brand of the company. Theoretically, yes. They they could purchase, because they're probably going to auction it all off to whoever bids for individually each piece to to maximize the amount of money that they're going to get. Uh, But in theory, somebody with a bunch of money who really has a good business plan to try to bring this stuff back could come in with enough money to buy it all up and, you know, restart operations. Right. That could be a possibility. So Hostess could return, but it won't be the same Hostess that it uh, it was. I don't see. It's very unlikely. From a legal standpoint, just let's suppose that you have Ian Freeman Incorporated. Mm -hmm. And I say, you know what? You're in some trouble. I want to buy the naming rights to Ian Freeman Incorporated. And then I write the check to Ian Freeman Incorporated, give it to you, and then I sign the papers that I now own Ian Freeman Incorporated. One would think you would then have to immediately hand the check back over to me because you are no longer Ian Freeman Incorporated. <laughs> so I don't see how you can sell the name of the business you, you can sell while dissolving the business. Here's how. Um, and I'm no business expert, but as I understand it, they're basically in a uh, you know bankruptcy situation, and they have kind of a, uh, a re- I don't know if you call it a receivership or whatever. There's there's some sort of corporation right. that is designed to hold all of their assets in kind of out in out there somewhere. So it would be that company 
that would assist in the the sales process. Right. So the the check wouldn't be cut to Hostess; it would be cut to you know whatever you know, like Bain Capital would be one right. of these companies. Well, I, right. I know that there are a lot of you know legal maneuvers that people use to sell off intellectual property, and I'm not really a fan of mm-hmm. IP. So I, I just think that it's really odd about, you know, I have the right, I'm the only person that can use this word unless I give people permission. And then I'm going to sell this to you, but it's the name of my business. So, you know, I I, I just see, you know, a lot of legal problems with trying to sell the name of a business while the business is dissolving. The business is in bankruptcy, and so it wouldn't be a problem. I mean, everything is on. Everything's going to be on the auction block. Whether or not somebody's going to buy that is another question. Right. Uh, that, I, I don't see anybody wanting to buy the name Hostess. Well, I mean, it's because, still got something. Going, right. You know, I mean, there's still but, something there. But people are more familiar with Twinkie and Zinger and Ding Dong and that's Wonder tr- Bread. That's true. I mean, but then again, I've certainly heard more of. I know the brand Hostess more than I know half of their brands. Like, right. I don't know about Drake's. I've never seen a Drake before. Uh, there's a Drake, a, that's a type of duck, right? It's apparently also one of the Hostess brands. Uh, so there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of, you know, they got 50 brands. Most right. of them I've never heard of. Um, but Hostess, I've definitely heard of. Same thing with Willy Wonka. I mean, there's a lot of great brands that they have but right. i don't know them all but i know about willy wonka right so ha- having the, the same reason extra why name, so having hostess twinkie is better than like dollar store twinkie or hershey's twinkies or right. whoever it is that ends up picking up that brand so let's continue though helen's on the line listening in ithaca to wnyy hey helen hi there i feel so bad for the eighteen thousand five hundred people who are losing Jobs. I know, isn't it horrible? If those uh, if those bakers union folks would have just taken a pay cut, they all could have kept their jobs. Yeah, well, they were standing up for their rights, whatever. But uh, I'll tell you who I a lot of good that did, though. They're now out of a job. Well, that's true. I'm um, I'm for standing up for your rights if you don't cut your own right. throat at the same time. <laughs> all right. Well, the ding dongs in this situation, in my opinion, is management because the writing has been on the wall people are more in, I, I don't know when the last time you had a twinkie was but i was about like seven years old like when you people want healthy food so they could have it could have changed hang on uh, helen we can bring you back here in a moment if you'd like uh, i think that the critiques of management are accurate i mean they ran the company into the ground for sure it wasn't the factory workers that did that 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything you want here. Free Talk Live. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest Liberty Forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free, 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online. Head over to freetalklive.com. 
enjoy the features that you will find on the site. You actually get to control the website if you would like. You, If you have something that you found online that you think is useful, interesting, funny, you know, outrageous, whatever you think our listeners will find uh, attractive, you post it. And then it appears on the upcoming stories queue where it must receive a certain number of votes in order to be promoted to the front page and the top of the site. So head over and get interactive at freetalklive.com. We'll continue with your calls. Also want to invite you, if you're looking for camping, hunting, shooting, or survival gear, to look no further than manventureoutpost.com. Actually, go ahead, look further, and you'll find that manventureoutpost.com carries the name brands that you want at the lowest prices. Ammunition, knives, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, optics, firearm accessories, archery, air guns, holsters, water purification, tents, apparel, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com, family-owned, members in good standing at the Better Business Bureau, and the lowest prices. Go see for yourself. Get it quick, and get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Helen is back with us, listening in Ithaca to WNYY. Now, Helen, we've been talking about Hostess. They're shutting down. They're going to be liquidating their assets, and you're saying it's management's fault. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, the... Executives, uh, management uh, team are a team of idiots. Um, like the writing's been on the wall for a long time. People want healthier food. They could have made the Twinkies like kind of like a carrot cake or something, and it would have been a total. No, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not joking. I, I used to be a pastry chef. You know, they could have made it like a sponge carrot cake. Right, but like then it wouldn't be a Twinkie. Like, it would be a carrot cake. No, but it just you no. Know, it would be the same form as the Twinkie and stuff. And as far as all the chocolate, and it would be healthy. And then and I don't know if carrot cake it. is is really healthy. <laughs> just because you put carrots in a cake doesn't make it healthy. Well, you don't like carrot cake. Well, I, love I love carrot it. cake. Don't get me wrong. My grandma used to make carrot cake for me uh, on my birthdays as I was growing up. But I, I'm not under no illusion that uh, carrot cake is healthy. Well, they could still. It is. That that would be like telling Pizza Hut to vitamin A's and carrots. Carrot cake is is healthy, and then a light a light light, uh, cream cheese kind of filling. It'll be just just looking like the Twinkie, except it'll be orange. Right, and kids would like that. The parents would like that. And as far as the chocolate stuff, chocolate is is good for us. You know, chocolate is a lot of beneficial dark chocolate um, nutritional value. Yeah, dark chocolate. Yeah. So they could do a lot of stuff with the, their chocolate line. They could have done something like that, and they could have like made a killing on the market. I don't know that. That that would be similar to telling Pizza Hut, you know what? This pizza that you're selling, it's unhealthy. So instead of dough, use like you know a lettuce or a kelp or a kale, and you know form that to look like the crust. And then instead of tomato sauce, use this other thing. And then you know. You you can bake it and serve it to where it looks like pizza, and it's so much healthier, and you can still call it pizza. Well, the thing is, generally, they're not going to do that to a classic brand. They're not going to destroy the brand, but they could have made an additional product. There's nothing... Yeah, there's, and they probably had some they, maybe they healthier did. snacks. Yeah. They had a bunch of brands, so who knows what they had. I mean, I would actually eat... Uh, a carrot Twinkie if they sold them. And they could have, they're, they're all still, it's the, the factories are there, they could still do it, but now they're they're going under it. But they could have done it. Helen, that. I agree with your assessment that it probably was management's fault that Hostess failed and went into bankruptcy, not once but twice apparently. I mean, that's right. obviously the management's fault, not the floor workers. How, how many people uh, that were a part of the management 
as of the time that they said we are going out of business were part of management at the time that they went into bankruptcy the first time about a dozen years ago. Yeah, um, they they probably are gone. Yeah, if they right. Were. So, I mean, you can't. It's not this. It's not fair to to necessarily blame management today for what management in the past did. And did you hear, Helen, that the managers today uh, were willing to take one dollar per year salaries until they turn the company around? No, I didn't. That's yeah. noble. I didn't hear that. Right. So you've got a situation where management said, we'll take a dollar a year in salary until we turn this company around. The Teamsters Union, who were driving the trucks and you know packing boxes and things like that, they, took a they pay said, cut. we'll take a pay cut so we can keep this company open and keep our jobs. It was the Bakers Union that refused to take a pay cut, and they killed the entire – they killed everything. Okay. So, well, so in this case, it was the greed of the bakers, not the greed of the managers, that uh, that put this in uh, the situation the way it is. And I thank you for the call, Helen. Eight five five four fifty free. Let's continue. We've got Jane, the accountant in New Hampshire, listening to Liberty ninety four three. Hey, Jane. Good evening, gentlemen. Jane, this is James. <laughs> the, the board operator uh, spelled your name as J A N E. Go ahead, James. I did not take your stapler. <laughs> yeah, I was calling uh, just to clarify a few things. When you buy a corporation, you don't write a check to the corporation. You buy the shares from the stockholders. So like in your Ian Freeman Incorporated example, Daryl, yes. uh, you would basically buy the, the shares from Ian. And bankruptcy... This may not be a publicly owned company. This, uh, in fact, is a privately owned company. So you would be buying. Would you not be buying it from the company that's holding it in liquidation? Well, if you buy, if it's incorporated, uh, there are shares that belong to the company. And it's right, but it's, it's a little different than going to Wall Street and saying, "I want to buy as many shares of Coca Cola as I can buy," because Hostess isn't publicly traded. Well, in that case, then you would write. The check to the person that owns the company. You wouldn't write it to Hostess. Well, but anyway, moving on. Well, the person uh, who owns the company is probably not a person. Hostess, uh, you know, is a corporation, and so it would have been run by a board of directors. But it's in it's in you know serious debt. Right. So because of the bankruptcy, it's being held by another company, holdings company that would kind of uh, you know hold a company in. I don't know what the you know there's businessy terms for this. I don't know right. what it is, but basically Bain capital. That's the business. Bain's term. a good example of uh, of one of these companies that that does this stuff. They come in, they buy failing companies, and they you know, take care of liquidation and all that well in that case if another company owns it you would issue a payment to that company in bankruptcy uh if you're going to buy the brand like you guys were talking about the whole brand uh let's say you bought it for 10 billion if it owes 15 billion in debt basically the, the money goes to the debtors and then you own the brand Right, that's what that's so that's what I'm saying. It's the people that are holding their debt that basically own the company at this point and will be conducting the auction. I wonder if a German yogurt company might purchase Hostess and then make like Hostess flavored yogurt. What else did you want to share tonight, James? Uh, last thing. Uh, I think the union they need to realize if the like let's take Walmart. If the labor cost rises, but the revenues stay the same as an accountant as management. Uh, you're going to look for ways to save on labor. You're going to invest in, like, property plant equipment, like, let's say, self-checkout machines or a better way to unload trucks or 
whatever you can do to cut labor, like the cost benefits of buying labor saving technologies now there. So, I mean, your incentive is to fire people when they artificially uh, try to raise their wages. James, thanks for sharing the accountant's view. Appreciate the thoughts. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves here. Your thoughts are welcome. Free Talk Live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want here, 855-453, whether you want to comment on the hostess bankruptcy, what it means, and or some sort of aspect to it, or talk about cop locking, the cannabis legalization, those are all the places we've been tonight. Of course, we can go anywhere you want as well. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. That's why the show is called Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE, and want to make sure you know about blockchain.info. It's a great Bitcoin website that is actually performs multiple functions for you. First of all, one of the things I love blockchain.info for is you can go there and punch in a, a Bitcoin uh, key and or address, whatever you want to call it, and it'll show you the history of that address. It'll show you all the transactions that it's had in its entire existence. Really useful information tool. But in addition, you can also get your own online Bitcoin wallet, which allows you to hook up your Bitcoins to your Android or jailbroken iPhone because they've got apps. And thanks to their fancy encryption techniques, blockchain.info never has access to your money. In fact, they can't even know how much money you're sending or receiving. With the blockchain wallet, you can even send bitcoins via email to your Facebook friends or to anyone's cell phone number in just about every country around the world. All those services are free. Blockchain.info. Get your free bitcoin wallet today. We've been talking about Hostess. And I'm still getting over uh, being sick, so I apologize. But uh, they're shutting down uh, as we speak. Hostess will continue to distribute the remaining inventory that they have uh, via their various distribution channels. But once that's gone, it's over. And they're uh, in the process of beginning to lay off their 18,500 workers. Uh, Some will remain on in order to close up shop. And then at some point, whoever it is that's holding their assets uh, through bankruptcy, will begin to liquidate. <clears throat> so all the brands of Hostess will be put up for auction. Hostess itself, all of the trucks, all of the uh, you know the, the manufacturing equipment, everything is going to be up for sale. I wonder if I could purchase the naming rights for just one of the more obscure Hostess products. For I have $1. a list of them. I have a list of them here. So uh, I, I will bid $1 for the naming rights for something. I, w- I wonder if that would get me anything. Here is uh, – let me give you the rundown here because we had talked earlier about how you were saying that Hostess isn't that valuable. And I, I disagreed because Hostess, the brand name itself, uh, the company name, has more value than a lot of its brands. So uh, I agree with that, but I'm just saying you know, as a company that is going bankrupt for the second time and is liquidating everything yeah. – the name now carries a lot of baggage. I don't know. I mean, look at Atari, for instance, a company that has gone bankrupt in the in the past. 
as if I'm recalling correctly, I don't know if it's more than once, but I, I do remember in the 1990s when the original Atari went out of business and then it languished, the brand languished until some other company bought it up and Atari was back. Right, but that's a lot different than a company that goes away because of bankruptcy. No, so, they went away because of bankruptcy. Uh, I thought they just sort of went away. Uh, I'll have to pull up the information on that. But, you know, they failed. Atari's Just later like a, game systems someone, failed miserably. If someone started a new airline and called it Pan American, yeah. not a lot of people would really <laughs> have a lot of faith okay, in you Pan make Okay, you make a good argument, no doubt. Or TWA. You make a good argument. I agree. Um, I don't know if Hostess has that same bad flavor with uh, with people. I guess it just depends. Uh, what do I'm you thinking, think? Well, with, with the news media and the news attention yeah. now of... Twinkie the Kid is dead. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of baggage with the name Hostess now. Now, a lot of these brands sound like uh, bread brands, but uh, Baker's Inn, Beef Steak, Blue Ribbon. I mean, how many of these have you heard of? Bread Du Jour, Butternut Breads, Colombo, Cottons, DiCarlo. I think I've heard of Colombo. I think I've seen their like donuts or whatever. I'm not sure, though. DiCarlo, Dolly Madison, I know Dolly Madison. Now that's you find those in like uh, snack machines, right? Like yeah. uh, muffins, things like that. Yes. Uh, Drake's, Dutch Hearth, Eddie's, Good Hearth, Wholesome, Home Eddie's, Price. I, I know of Eddie's. Hostess, apparently that's a brand. Uh, JJ Nissen, Marita, that's a bread. I know that much. Uh, Millbrook, Miss Cubison's Foods. Millbrook is a bread. Nature's Pride, that's a bread. Parisian, Standish Farm, Sweetheart. That's also a bread. Twinkie, Toscana, and Wonder Bread. Toscana, I believe, is a type of bread. But most of those you've never heard of, right? Yeah, a lot of those, It's like, I have yeah. no clue what that is. Let's continue with you and your thoughts. Let's go to Alex listening in Baltimore. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Alex. Alex in Baltimore. You, You're on the air. Oh, thank you. Um, so I just wanted to, uh, to, to get your take on the government's role in this whole process, which is, uh, you know, I think uh, the lack of uh, right-to-work laws and the capability of a union to, to force a closed shop, essentially everybody in the, uh, in the facility having to work or having to be a member of the union, um, and, and just get your take on, on the idea of, you know, is that an acceptable thing? Should, it, should the government be involved in... Uh, no, I mean, obviously... Of, of ...protecting, uh, you know, a workforce from forcing unionization i know i the government shouldn't be involved at all between agreements between people if anything they could be a contract enforcer but that's about it and that's if that's if you consented to them being a contract enforcer you can also have the american arbitration association or other organization uh, handle, handle the uh, the contract you're mentioning an individual you could have a variety of different options uh to handle contract disputes so I wouldn't say that the government should be involved in any of this because it always ends up tipping the scales in one side or the other's favor, and that's not fair. So in a situation where, uh, assuming that the, that one or more of these these uh, hostess bakeries were sort of required to be unionized, uh, so the big question I had, of course, listening listening to the discussion tonight, is uh, you know why why wouldn't they simply look for non-union bakers to, to replace the ones that are. Well, in a lot of places, once the workforce has unionized, there is then a contract between the union and the company that's Mm. doing the hiring to where if the workers go on strike, the company is prohibited 
from finding alternative workers. So, you know, unions like to say that, you know, they stand up to protect workers versus management. But in the end, a lot of times it becomes workers versus workers to where it's almost the abusive spouse sort of thing of I'm not working there and nobody else is either. Mm. Right. And so that's, I, I think that's a, a, an important point to, to review is that uh, in this case, in many ways, management agreed to sort of unreasonable terms in accepting that only union workers will ever work for them. Right, and a lot of that had to do with whatever the uh, prevailing laws were in the locations of the bakeries. Sure, and then of course, then we're we're back to the concept of the government getting involved, having yeah. having such laws in place. Alex, I appreciate your call. I appreciate your call and thoughts tonight, sir. Thank you, sir. Eight five five four fifty free. Scott is on the line in Arizona. You can bring up anything. Hey, Scott, what's on your mind? There's a, a post on Pixic, the uh, photography site today, that, that has some quotes from Kurt Vonnegut that I think are just wonderful, so I wanted to share two of them with you. Sure. Um, every passing hour brings the solar system 43,000 miles closer to globular cluster M13 in Hercules. And still, there are some misfits who insist that there is no such thing as progress. I don't get it. <laughs> okay, well, I'll try the next one. Well, you could have tried to explain it to me. Um, well, he's talking about the, the some something moving through the universe. The Earth is and, moving uh, some drastic amount of speed towards some part of the universe, and people say that there's no progress. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Right. All right, number two. Okay, and then the next one is, uh, if you really, if you want to really hurt your parents and you don't have the nerve to be gay, the least you can do is to go into the arts. I'm not kidding. The arts are not a way to make a living. They are a very human way of making life more bearable. Scott, thanks for sharing your thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything that you want. And generally, it's hard to make money at doing art, but it's possible. one 450 free SACL CAI toll-free line. There's a lot of competition out there, though. That's why it's hard. Yeah. You take control. Moments remain. The remaining moments are next. In fact, just enough time for you and your thoughts if you make the call now. It's Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. 855-450-FREE. Even in these remaining moments, enough time for you and your thoughts. If you make the call now, 1-855-450-3733. It's Ian with you. And Daryl. Daryl's here courtesy of his website, fpp.cc, free press publications. 
Uh, you can go over there to get more of Daryl's writings. He's got a, a new novelette that he'll be releasing soon. And, uh, of course, FPP also does a newspaper, which you can download in PDF form. Yes. And in addition Download that, for free. You can subscribe. And if you do subscribe, you will get it in your mailbox every month. Unlike The Onion that is quitting their uh, print. You talk about uh, companies that are doing things differently and or changing formats completely. The Onion, which is my favorite newspaper uh, out there, is stopping their print edition just to be clear, I mean they're stopping their print edition that they mail to people like me who are print subscribers, um, but they are not going to stop printing in big cities like New York, Austin, uh, Washington, D.C. I think I've seen it in the Twin Cities. There, there are a handful, a number, maybe like a dozen or so uh, franchisees out there that uh, essentially are printing The Onion. So like in Chicago, it's the Chicago Tribune. much larger cities. You know, Austin's not a huge city, but they've got it down there. So some smaller, more college lefty uh, cities also also have it. Um, so you'll still be able to continue if you're in those big cities. You'll still be able to see The Onion on the streets and grab a, a paper copy there. But for, for the 1,500 uh, subscribers they had like me, because they, they, the post office forces them to put a little slip in once a year, revealing their subscriber numbers for some reason. Um, oh yeah, so, that's because they get some special newspaper bulk rate. Uh, bulk rate. Uh, I do not do that. I see. I actually fold up the newspaper, stick it in an envelope. Oh, okay. That way, I don't have to fill out all of the yeah. government paperwork, and I'm not sending out enough to where you know it's going to be worth my time to fill out all of this government paperwork to save, what, 15, 20 cents on mailing something? So I went, by the way, to uh, the eBay, went to eBay, and I typed in Twinkies. And, of course, if you logged into eBay, you can use the completed listings search. You can see what people have paid for Twinkies. But because this is so new, there really aren't too many auctions that have completed, at least that I could see right out the gate. Um, So I just did another search for Twinkies, except this time I sorted by highest price first. And this is pretty. Yeah, this is pretty funny. Uh, there's a guy here. Hundred dollars. No, there's a guy here who's listed a four boxes of Hostess Twinkies for three million dollars, with a buy it now of eight million dollars. Yeah, I have a better <laughs> chance of becoming a male prostitute for eight hundred dollars. Uh, yeah. Let's continue with your calls and talk to Zach listening in Ithaca to WNYY. Hey, Zach. Hey, uh, you know, this whole Twinkie thing, I think, is a perfect example of pop news discussions that crop up for a couple days and consume, like, consume the airtime. I mean, there's, you know, this cliche, there's a war going on and stuff like that. But really, in the end, like, no, who cares? The Twinkie. There's so many fat people in this country. We just got to <laughs> move on. And that's, that's my two cents. I heard you, man, and I appreciate the thoughts. So you would not pay $5 for a Twinkie? No, I wouldn't pay one. I go to McDonald's and I give me chickens. They're a buck. Well, there's an there's an issue here. I mean, it's not just you know mourning the loss of the Twinkie. I don't care. I I've had a I think I've had a bite or two of a Twinkie and found it relatively revolting. Um, so I'm certainly not a, a fan of their products. I've never purchased Wonder Bread before. Some of their regular bread brands I might have had. What here about and there. the Hostess fruit pies? Say again, Zach. Yeah, well, um, I'm a taxi driver. I actually just had some guy get in my cab, so oh, okay. I probably go. All right, man. Well, you have a good night. Drive safe. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. Bye-bye. Yep, 855-450-FREE. I never had that either. 
fruit pie. Yeah, uh, apparently that's the one where they actually put it out as Hostess. Ah, okay. Got the it. Because fruit pie. fruit pie. Right, because fruit pie, you probably can't brand name that. You probably can't right. trademark that. Yeah, you can't brand name apple pie or yeah. cherry pie. So put it out as Hostess. Uh, so, but there's an important issue here. I mean, it's not just we're not bemoaning the loss of uh, of the Twinkie so much as we're talking about the issue of you know what happens when a company goes out of business and uh, liquidates inventory. The economics of now Twinkies are basically you know they're becoming a collector's, collector's item. item. Yeah. Uh, so there's that kind of aspect. We've covered a variety of different uh, you know more intellectual aspects. I think of this and and talking about and then uh, the you know unions. nearly nineteen thousand people being out of work. Right. And uh, and of course how the unions have affected this and how government involvement makes everything worse. Let's continue with your thoughts though and go to Ben in Illinois listening in Rockford. Hey Ben. Uh, hi. I am calling about. Um Cars. Uh, we were talking about in chat uh, that you drive a Crown Victoria. Uh, yes, that's right. It's an right. old police cruiser. Right. Now, I was kind of wondering, like, what your motivation behind getting that car was, um, in terms of like gas mileage and the fact that, for, as far as I know, Ford didn't actually take a bailout in two thousand eight. Um, and, and in terms of like, does that, is that going to scare people into to being the speed limit? Um, <laughs> yeah, that is one of the downsides. One of the downsides of driving it is that people do tend to uh, not speed when you're around, which in New Hampshire can be a real problem out where we live because there's these one-lane roads that make it very difficult. 20-mile-an-hour speed limit for yeah. absolutely no reason. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, it might get you the uh, the wave from the cops uh, if they don't realize right. uh, who you are. So it's kind of got its ups and its downs. But I didn't really consider those factors when I was buying it. When I uh, was interested in getting it, it was me, Pete Eyre from copblock.org and Kelly Voluntarist. We were all considering getting multiple police cruisers so we could have our, our own squad of uh, police cruisers. squad. Yeah, the, uh, the, the cop block pol- uh, peace squad was the suggestion. And so it was more because of the fun factor uh, of, you know, hey, it would be kind of cool to have activists having police cruisers as well. Uh, I think that was probably the major motivating factor because they certainly are no good on gas mileage uh, either. Right, yeah. I saw it was like saying twenty miles. Uh, a That's gallon. about max. It's more like fifteen right. if you you know if you if you gun it. And what about the the uh, peace cruiser, as I like to call it, does have a very comfortable okay. back seat. Yep, and it, does, it was yeah. the first time that I've been in the back seat of a police car. And it's kind yeah. of it's uh, it's kind of fun to smoke pot in uh, in a in a police cruiser uh, as uh, as well. All right, yeah, that's, that's cool. I was just kind of wondering. And, you know, they're cheap. Uh, that was another factor. I paid 2200 bucks for it. Probably have sunk another six to eight in repairs. So I'm probably up to about $3,000 for a 2005 uh, cruiser that had about 100,000, just under 100, like 95,000 miles on it when I bought it. So, I mean, all things considered, $2,200, really $3,000 for an operating, you know, well-operating uh, vehicle is not too shabby. I hear they're expensive to repair, but that hasn't really been my impression with the repairs that I've I've had done on it uh, thus far. So there's all that, and you know maybe I'll regret it this winter if I uh, crash in a, in a fiery inferno because of the uh, the rear wheel drive in the snow. Uh, so I guess I'll have to be extra careful. Ben, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate it. David's in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, David. Hey, V. 
Viva Cannabis. Yes, sir. Hey, Wonder Bread bologna and cheese whiz is a great sandwich. Man. Oh, God. With a Twinkie <laughs> dessert. With a Twinkie dessert. Oh, no. Dave, have you ever drank the cheese whiz directly from the can? No, I lick it off the knife, man. <laughs> oh, you're being serious about that, too. Yeah, when I was a kid, I grew up on Wonder Bread bologna and cheese whiz, man. When's I, the last time I you had one? state twice. <laughs> when's when's the last time you had one? About forty years. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I'm, that's that's why I called. I've been in the fight uh, with cannabis for forty four years now, mm-hmm. and I just want to give a big, great shout out to Washington and Colorado. And now that the chains are off, maybe the the hemp could throw the gauntlet down now and show that it could feed you, clothe you, house you, make fuel for you, make medicine. The industry could follow now. It could show, these states could show the rest of the world that this plant could put hundreds of thousands, millions of people to work with good jobs that make good products that, that, that are healthy for you and, and, and good. Well, and, unfortunately... And, I, and I'm just really glad that this is getting pushed, man, and it's getting exposed, the big lie that's been put on this plant that that is wonderful plant. It, no other plant could do these things from one plant. It And, and I'm just saying, being in this fight for 44 years, it finally, you know... It's, it's a big win, uh, no doubt about uh, it. Unfortunately, Colorado and Washington, neither one legalized the production of industrial hemp. Well, see, that's craziness, man. It that's, is crazy. We got to say, we got to call them on this. Dave, man. thanks this, for the call tonight, man. I appreciate right, hearing from you as always. Good. By the way, I was scrolling down through the uh, the Twinkies on eBay, ordered by uh highest price and there's a bunch of them the ridiculous prices but the first one with uh bids is five boxes of 10 for 202 bucks and it's not over till tomorrow why did you move to the shire i moved here to the shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as i do i moved to the shire because i saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that i could get support myself it called to me like do this right now i wanted to be around people like me who got it And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here. And I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com.